Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword Voice America. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. There are entrepreneurs that are making so much more than profit in their enterprises. They are creating businesses that really add value to others, and so can you. Welcome to Be More, Achieve More, Inspiration for the Entrepreneurial Mind with Chris Cooper. If you're looking for ways to develop your entrepreneurial spirit while you contribute to a better world, you'll want to stay tuned for the next hour. Now, here's your host, Chris Cooper. Hello again, this is Chris Cooper of BeMoreAchieveMore.com and CC1Consulting.com and just really good to be back again. I hope you've had a great week since and perhaps you listened to the show last week. Uh, I just want to say on that note, um, thank you to Jane Gunn. If you didn't have the chance to listen to the show last week, she was talking about collaboration. Uh, Jane has even advised the White House and the uh, the, the United Nations about uh, collaboration. It was a really fascinating show. I got, got some feedback, actually, which said, um, I wish you'd spent less time talking to her about Bedlam in the boardroom and more time talking about the second half of her book, which was Boredom in the Bedroom. Now, I've never seen this show before as having the potential to spice up your love life until now. Um, so anyway, best move on to today's show. And we're going to talk today about business growth and some practical ideas to grow your business in any economy and with our guest today, Matt Crabtree. The, if your business right now, perhaps it's flourishing, perhaps it's struggling, uh, maybe it's just performing okay and, and you're thinking that's kind of fine. But you know, if you're really wanting to make a, a move forward and or even just find that further of an edge, what do you do right now? Whatever your status is, do you know the basic fundamental formula that drives sustained success for your company? Do you have a simple and straightforward way of both describing and measuring that formula? Now, I heard about my guest today through a client who was considering whether to book Matt to speak at their sales team's annual conference. They described him to me as having a strong track record in the finance industry and as a very energetic speaker with a strong sales message. They also said to me, actually, would he be interested in being considered as an alternative? And I said, to be honest, I'm not quite ready with my speaking this year to be the main speaker at your conference. I'd rather focus on what I was doing, which was helping them uh, develop their board and develop them as a team. However, let me check Matt out for you because I've just realized that he's speaking at a conference that I'm attending. I'll give you an impartial view. I also checked with a few contacts who said he's really good. Now, what I witnessed, I thought was great. He was high energy, he was high engagement and sharing some really provoking ideas. And sometimes it was for me, I remember the sort of small tips that he suggested, like remembering clients' birthdays. And it seemed quite obvious. However, few of us do it. 
And I went back to the client and said, Matt, it was a very good choice. And in fact, I think he probably owes me a beer, actually. Uh, in this episode, we'll discuss the no-nonsense basics that Matt believes drive the success of any business in any economy and how by employing these tactics, he's grown his international consulting business by an average of over 40% in the last eight years. So, Matt Crabtree grew up on a farm. He studied agriculture and then he turned his back on rural life and he entered the world of business, moving from very quickly from being a main board director of a $500 million telecoms company by the age of 28 and then became the youngest senior executive ever of Barclays Bank at 31. He left corporate life. He said it was under a cloud in 2003. And he said he did what any lack of self-respecting executive does and becomes a consultant. Those were Matt's words, not mine. Uh, since establishing positive momentum, uh, he and his colleagues have travelled the world. He's just, just flown in from Vienna today. And he likes to share his outspoken, no-nonsense business philosophy with businesses large and small, major organisations like Microsoft, Red Bull, Kraft. And Matt says... Came to realise that success in business was in fact very much like success in farming. Those who are unafraid of getting their hands dirty, uh, going out in all weathers, and above all, possessing a very strong pair of boots, seem to do the best. So, welcome, Matt Crabtree. Chris, thank you very much. Great to be here. You're very welcome. Um, good to have you here. And we'll find out a little bit more about uh, you soon. But I just want to start this conversation about understanding what your definition is of business growth. Yeah, growth is an interesting one, right? So you and I, I think, both have a background in corporate life. And I guess loads of people listening in either do or are still there. And in my corporate life, every time we sat down to do budgets, the number would be somewhere between full 6 and 12%. And ordinarily, we'd come in at somewhere near that number. And it was all fairly uninspiring, to be quite honest. And so I vowed when I began to run my own business that I'd stop doing that nonsense and instead think about what's the potential of the business that I'm in and the business that my clients are in. And, and I would never have forecast 40% growth a year for eight years. That, that's just kind of absurd, but that's what we've done. So my accountant stopped asking me now what my budget is for next year because he knows that I'm going to say, I don't know, the very best that we can do will be what we generate. And so business growth for me is about what do you believe is the fullest possible potential of your business and then build a strategy that means you can achieve that and do some of the real fundamental basics that will drive that success. I think that's a really great way to think about it. Think about, think about what is your fullest possible potential as opposed to what's my target. Yeah, I mean, if you, look at, if you look at you know, some of the extraordinary businesses that didn't exist 10 years ago, right? You know, that Google would not have anticipated the level of growth. Facebook, these businesses have achieved growth that's based on potential rather than what's on a spreadsheet and a, and a formula with a, num a sort of abstract number in it. So, so what do you mean, in the, in the explanation of the show, we were talking about a basic fundamental formula. What do you mean as well by a basic fundamental formula to drive success? Is this one formula that fits everybody, or is it different? So you, you know me a little bit already, Chris, and you know that my answer to that is absolutely no way. So the idea that there is a standard formula, a one-size-fits-all, I think is one of the greatest delusions of business education of the last 50 years. There are some fascinating ideas around, but one of my favourite questions for entrepreneurs or business leaders of any type 
is to sit with them and say, tell me the three things that drive success in your business. What are the three basic fundamental tenets of success for your business? I, I don't care what they are. I make no value judgment about them. What I want to know is, do you know what they are? And having established whether people know what they are or not, then it's really interesting to see how much time they spend on each of them and how practically they're pursuing their goals in each one of those really basic fundamental areas. My, my test is normally based on my mother, who's 80, and my youngest daughter, who's 10. And I figure if they can both understand the basic fundamental formula of a business, you're in a really good shape. When it becomes full of nonsense is the point at which they certainly won't understand it. And you know what? Most people in your business won't either, and neither will your customers. That's true, because you've got to communicate it internally so people understand it, haven't you? That's the basic idea, right? But most businesses have a vision and a mission and a strategy which might as well be written in Swahili. Mm. So why do you think it's possible then to grow your business in any economy? Because you've talked about a 40% growth each year and you know we have to look around us at the moment and many people feel like many economies are going downhill. Yeah, so it's a cliche, right? Times are tough. Our media, uh, wherever you are in the world, loves to keep reminding us about all of the difficult things in, in the economy. And, and it's ridiculous to suggest that lots of that doesn't have some basis in fact. But if a business has a strong fundamental serv service to their customers, works exceptionally well with their staff, I I'm going to say something that may make some people very unhappy. I don't care what industry you're in, you can be successful. If you focus on the basics, if you concentrate on serving your customers outstandingly, on working well with your staff and just being that little bit different, you don't have to have the next innovation. You don't have to be developing the next iPod. You just have to have something a little bit different about who you are and what you stand for, and you have to stick to your principles, not keep flip-flopping every five minutes, not reacting panic to the new market dynamics. Stick to what you know. Keep focusing on the basics. Perfect. I was just interested, actually, Martin, what are, the, what are the basic tenets of success then for your business? So it's a good question. So I, I have three fundamental tenets for our business. The, the first is based on serving clients outstandingly, and that, that's a rotten old cliche most people talk about, great client service, but we are um, somewhere beyond obsessive when it comes to what we deliver to our clients. And, and I'll, perhaps we'll get a chance to chat a little bit later about what that really means day to day. My business is also very much based on partnerships. I think businesses in the future won't necessarily be about big teams of staff, but it'll be about partnerships, both with other organizations and people who work with you, you know, peripatetically work with you, perhaps not all the time, but on occasions. How we work with our partners is deeply, deeply important to us. Uh, and the final element for me as a business owner is about balance. I left corporate life 10 years ago. I still love corporate life and get to work with corporates every day, but I choose to take 12 weeks a year off. When I first started this business, I chose to take all school holidays off over here in the UK. As you know, we have 12 weeks a year that the kids are off. And I, I started doing that a very, very long time before I could afford to do it uh, because I decided that I figured I'm probably perhaps only here once and therefore I'm going to enjoy not only my kids growing up, but also some other things in my life. And you know what? I come back from a, a five, six-week holiday in the summer 
rejuvenated, revitalized, and I do better work. I see entrepreneurs the world over. I saw people on my flight back last night from Vienna. They just look exhausted. They look exhausted. And because they're exhausted, they don't do a great job. I heard a guy on the phone talking to his kids. Guilty. You know, just felt terrible. Uh, and I feel for the guy, right? He's got a full-time job. He's got big commitments. Feels like he's stuck. This is 2012. You can work in a different way. Balance is the, the tenant for me. I think, I think that's very inspiring for a lot of people and a lot of business owners. So you, you know, they're demonstrating that you can develop your business in such a way uh, or perhaps in the outset, you didn't even have it developed in that way, but you can make it work and have that amount of personal rejuvenation time. If you decide that the, that you have some basic fundamental principles for the way you want to build a business and you stick to them relentlessly, you'll build the business you want to build. It's a fallacy. Business books are full of the idea that when you start your own business, they realize this is not for every one of your listeners, but to start your own business, you've got to work 24-7. It's nonsense. You don't. Mm-hmm. Excellent. So you see a lot of your children, which is uh, a great thing to do. And I should be looking a bit more closely at what you do as well so I can up my holidays to 12 weeks. That sounds, <laughs> sounds, sounds good aspiration at the moment. Good. <laughs> <laughs> so I wonder... You know, some people suffer are suffering badly in the recession, and others are doing well. Do you think it is about having those clear tenants, or you know, do you think there are other reasons that it may impact that? No, I do. I mean, you know, it's pretty offensive to those people who are listening in who are running a business that is, you know, under pressure, isn't isn't performing in the way that it has, and I and I don't I don't wish to be offensive to anybody. But, but we knee-jerk react to issues we get in businesses. Some of your listeners will be sitting knowing that you've made some decisions that maybe you now somewhat regret having made, hasty decisions that, as a result, have put your business in a less strong position. You know, there's sort of these green shoots of recovery that our media rather enjoys talking about also on the odd occasion. Um, and... Some businesses are not ready for those because of the decisions they've made during these difficult times. You have to get your head out of a space that says the economy is difficult and instead say, in this new reality, what is it I have got to do to make my business as successful as I want it to be? Too many people just complain and they just wait for some bizarre cycle of economy. It'll be okay when it all comes back. No, it won't. You need a business that's fantastic when it's difficult. Businesses that are fantastic when it's difficult, when the economy flies, oh my goodness, those businesses just go to a whole different dimension. If your business is only successful when the economy is good, you haven't got a proper business. That's not a proper business. And I guess if some of your competitors are are buckling at the moment, actually potentially opens up more market space for the right people. Yeah, for sure. But 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 I think the thing I'd pick up on that you said is the right people. You know, so you take advantage. Absolutely. It's it's dog dog, right? You know, one organization fails, it creates new market opportunities. But again, I'd say if that's the only way you can be successful, if you can only be successful because you're not quite as bad as everyone else is, that's no business. Be amazingly successful. You and I are competitors, right? In the UK, European market, we're competitors. But there's enough room for us and plenty more people. 
and we can work together, even though we'll also be healthily competitive. It's a different world to the world of 30 years ago where people were at each other's throats. Absolutely. There's, there's so much abundance, really, isn't there? And I, I don't see we, are, we do offer similar services. However, I also see situations where I would uh, I'd probably recommend you over myself you know uh, be, being authentic in in certain areas so you can work together and you can share opportunity and you can add more value to clients ultimately by doing that I think I mean to be honest Chris when people mention your name I try and avoid the situation no it's not true. it's not true it's not true absolutely right absolutely right complementary skills how can you work together and, and you and I are small examples of what's happening globally you know, Nokia and Microsoft are two fascinating organizations, you know, very much were in the news a few months ago. And whatever you think of those two companies, but by collaborating together, traditionally, in some ways, competitive, some elements of their business competitive. Now, by collaborating, they give themselves a better chance against what they have in their industry, which is some very formidable, very formidable competitors. Fabulous. We're going to go to commercial break now, but I'm really looking forward to continuing this conversation and starting to get into some real key recommendations from Matt about how we uh, we help ourselves grow. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. If you lead a team of any kind, you need to listen to this show. Tune in to Leading with Emotional Intelligence, hosted by Esther Orioli. Esther provides you with the tools and techniques you need to harness the power of EQ to stop setting goals and start changing behaviors in your organization. Get the latest concepts in EQ from a top-of-the-house perspective and have your questions answered on air. Leading with Emotional Intelligence is broadcast live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Today's business marketplace is becoming increasingly global thanks to technologies that didn't even exist a few short years ago. Your business might be a startup or you might be one of the global 500. Either way, you're probably looking at customers and competitors in faraway regions. Listen for Global Reach with host Tay Revez as she brings together experts, ideas, and listeners to help you anywhere in the world. Global Reach is broadcast every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to Be More, Achieve More with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to info at bemoreachievemore.com. That's info at bemoreachievemore.com. Now, back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper of bemoreachievemore.com and cc1consulting.com. And I'm here with my guest, Matt Crabtree. We're talking about business growth and some practical ideas to grow your business in any economy. I'd just like to start, though, Matt, just to... I'm quite fascinated by your background with you. Sounds like you started off uh, life uh, working in Wellington boots and uh, mucking out cows and things like that on a farm. And I'm just really interested about how you went from farming to uh, this subject of business growth and the kind of work you do now. How did that sort of happen and 
why is business growth so important to you? Are you suggesting that's not an entirely normal career progression, Chris? I would have thought it would make entire sense. Oh, <laughs> and enlighten me. <laughs> so, um, so I, I had, you know, an upbringing I absolutely loved. I was a passionate uh, farmer and enjoyed the agricultural life. I was fortunate my father ran a very large farm here in the UK and I got to experience lots of what rural life has to offer. I studied, went on to study agriculture like other people in my family did and um and met some people at agricultural college who weren't from farms who had who came from families that had business backgrounds and really my father was running a very large business as much as a farm he was a a farmer in the 1950s a farm hand in the 1950s and worked his way up through the place that he worked to run it and it was really a very large organization in the end and i saw that really what I'd learned was some business basics, but there was no family farm to go back to, frankly. And so, um, you know, I was going to have to either go and get a farm job or work for a company serving farms. Uh, I read the back of the newspaper one day. I went for some interviews for sales jobs and ended up walking the streets of London, knocking on people's doors, selling office equipment. It was kind of as simple as that. It's taken me 20 years, though, to uh, be clear that actually what I learned growing up on the farm dictated everything I've ever done in business uh, and you said at the top of the show that you know uh, I believe passionately that success in farming and success in business is the same thing those people who are willing to get their hands dirty do best the people who are willing to get stuck into their business and to really just not sit in an office and think about it but just really get stuck into the action people who are willing to go out in all weathers this is all economist stuff People who don't hunker down and read the newspaper and panic and not phone anybody, but get out there in all weathers. And above all, have a strong pair of boots. You're going to be a good farmer. You need a real, real good pair of boots. The trouble with boots is they wear out. It's a bit like skills. Um, and the business that you and I are in is of constantly helping people to improve their skills because exactly like a pair of boots, they wear out over time and you need people like us to come along and uh, help you get a better pair of boots so that's that's where it comes from the growth thing well agriculture is all about growth um you grow with the seasons um there are some basic laws of nature that you can't defy on the farm and we might like to think that in commerce we can defy the basic laws of nature but if the last few years have taught us anything um it's taught us that actually economies are exactly like plants and animals they go through cycles of growth. Unfortunately, plants and animals are predictable, whereas economies are not. Um, but uh, nothing defies the laws of uh, nature. Some wonderful analogies there. And I guess what I'm sort of sensing then through that conversation is actually we're learning business skills in the farming environment uh, before, you know, before you even realised it, really. Yeah, listen, life on a farm for lots of your listeners, I'm sure, you know, perhaps have backgrounds or families involved in agriculture and um, life on a farm is based on common sense. You don't have common sense. Life doesn't work on a farm. Um, In fact, you get hurt uh, and things don't work and stuff doesn't grow. And the problem in business is we often kind of lose our sense of common sense. In fact, there's a guy here in the UK who says the trouble with common sense is it's not very common. Um, and I think it's one of the greatest things I've ever heard because in business, it's just some of the nonsense that people believe is just defies logic at times. People with good, strong common sense always do well in any industry, whether it's farming or commerce. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Well, moving on from from that, then uh, I know that I asked you if you could, if we could maybe talk about some things that 
you know, you do differently and people should think about doing differently. And I remember asking you, so oh, I'm not very keen on like these sort of seven top tips to transform your business. And I know you don't really like, like particularly like that, Matt. So, you know, rather than seven top tips, how about giving us five or six to help us grow our business in the economy? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you can do it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess I guess I could be persuaded. I, I'll tell you what I mean by it before I do. I'm absolutely delighted to share what I hope will be some really practical ideas but, but but let me be really clear the bookshelves and the you know internet sites are full of people who claim to have a miracle formula that is equally applicable to any business and i just don't believe it and i think actually in some ways to be absolutely honest it's irresponsible every business and every person is different and what you want to do with your business is about what you want to do with your business. Not what Jack Welsh wants you to do with your business, Jim Collins wants you to do with your business, but what you want to do with your business. And you know your business better than anyone else does, but better than even Chris Cooper or Matt Crabtree does. You, you know your business. And so you've got to get to the heart of what it is for you that's success, not what someone else thinks and managed to create some bizarre acronym out of but happy to talk about some some ideas do you want me to yeah flip through a please, yeah please do and I, I think you know i think what you're saying actually we've got a show next week which is about finding your your kind of flow and what you just described there we're absolutely talking about next week about how do you actually understand yourself uh, to an extent where you can then develop the right business for you so that's actually a brilliant lead-in to next week's show so do come back and listen to to that one as well um please uh, let's let's um hear some recommendations so, on, let, so let's just maybe if i just kind of talk about a list and then maybe we can explore the ones that really pique your interest uh, so we've talked a little bit about the formula anyway but I, I would just have it as the number one thing know what your formula is what's the formula for your for your business second up really know your customers. I don't care whether you have a retail business with thousands of customers or a you know high-end consultancy business with just a small number of customers. You really know them. And do you do things that customers won't expect? And I mean simple little things. I don't mean really big stuff. I mean simple little things that they just didn't quite see coming and that make them talk about you. Do you spend a whole lot less time on developing propositions <laughs> it's not a very popular thing to say but oh my god do i see people waste time with propositions developing the idea of some extraordinary world beating unique proposition I, I think it's really quite bizarre um uh, last couple staff if you've got them how do you treat them are they like adults? Are they like people that you nurture and, you know, they're part of the family and you treat them with respect? Um, or, or are they just a resource? The, the whole phrase, human resources, I find one of the least palatable phrases in commercial language. And then the last thing is, what do people say about you behind your back? What's your reputation? If I ask people when you're not there, how do they describe you? They just say, yeah, yeah, Joe, he's, he's, yeah, he's, he's fine. Yeah, no, I get on great. Because that's not a great thing. What do people say about you? Great. There's, there's some clearly some really good things in there. Can we take them in turn and then <laughs> have a sort of conversation to understand them and tease them out more? I think the first one I've just noted down that you said was understand your formula. And I think that 
probably goes back to these basic tenants. Is there is there more to it than that? Yeah. So I mean, listen, when I when I work with really big businesses, it normally comes down to uh, customers, people, shareholders. So it's not a it's not a bad place to start. And I think if you're a really large organisation, in particular if you're a listed organisation, if you've got your head clearly around, you know, people, customers, uh, and shareholders, then, then I think you've got a reasonable kind of way of looking at it. And it's a little bit the sort of Sears profit model, and you know how you look at your business. But but what I just encourage your listeners to do is maybe after this this show. You know, turn the radio off, turn the telephone off, you know, turn the email client off, sit down and straight off the bounce without thinking about it, write down the three most important things for success in your business. It's quick, it's easy, and then start to build that out and think about how the whole thing looks. So that that'll be the first thing. It, it, it's a very personal thing, it's a very business team divisional thing, but it doesn't take too much thinking about it. You don't need to you know, hire a facilitator and sit on beanbags and hum for a fortnight. You just need to get a bit of paper and a pencil and just off the bounce, what's the three big things? You could do it for your business right now, Chris. Maybe you, you will after you've hosted this show. Sounds like a good idea. <laughs> Always good to keep refreshing with these things as well, isn't it? And, and each time you do this sort of exercise, something new can pop out for you. Every week I sit down and look at clients, partners, balance. Clients, partners, balance. Every week, do, do, do this morning. Where, where, are, where, where are we at with clients? I have a big, I've got, in my office, I have a, a, a wall which is a whiteboard. So this great stuff called idea paint, you can paint on your wall and it becomes a, a whiteboard. And, and I have a list of clients, list of partners, and a list of things that are related to balance. How am I doing? Some weeks are great, some weeks less good, you know. But look at it every week. You're absolutely right. It's a living thing. Excellent. So, so how about we've got a couple of minutes left, and we may not finish the the whole of this question. I don't know, but we the second one I noted was really, really getting to know your customers. So, Chris, if I if I uh, know rightly about you, you uh, you work for a long time at Mars. This week, you've been in Bath and Kidderminster, and you've travelled around. And at one time, you played a guitar in a rock band, right? <laughs> yep, that's right. And you and I don't know each other that well. You and I have met in face-to-face once and we've talked on the phone a few times. And yet, I've taken a couple of minutes to find out some stuff about you. Because if I went to meet you, if you were a potential customer, I want to know things about you to be able to develop a depth of relationship with you that goes beyond the norm. And the beauty of living in 2012 is it's never been easier. When I started selling in 1989, there was no internet. You wanted to find out things about people, you had to ask them. Now, I advocate asking them, and perhaps we'll talk about that after the break. But you know what? Do you just know things about your customers? Do you take the time to ask them some questions? I don't care if you run a store where people walk in. Do you ask them, you know, how's your day? And, you know, what are you doing in town today? Rather than, you know, are you looking for anything in particular? Nothing annoys more than walking into a store and having people do that. On the other end of the equation, the business-to-business people, do you walk into a meeting and basically you just want to show them your brochure and you want to get the meeting to that point as quickly as you can? Or are you really interested in that business? Uh, After the break, I'm going to ask some questions about what some of your listeners really know about their customers because I have clients who say they really know their customers. Then I ask them some questions and they work out very quickly they don't know their customers. And there's some wonderful 
tools now, isn't there, to to be able to collect some of this information? So you don't have to hold it all in your head. Um, as you say, the, in, the internet as well is a great way to find out some of this sort of stuff. Life's a whole lot easier. Life's got a whole lot easier, but it takes a little time. But a little time, not a lot of time. But everybody's so busy and convinces themselves that they haven't got time to do this, or they're very good with customers, and so they can just kind of busk and risk it. It's okay. It isn't okay. It absolutely isn't okay. Find out a little something, use it with a customer. Because people, people like people, uh, like them, and it's, it's, we're in a people world, aren't we? Uh, well, the, the more we yeah, can we're find in out, a pe- we're, yeah, that's for sure, we're in a people world, but it's not about being nice. It's about having superior knowledge. Mm. Do you have superior knowledge to your, uh, your competitor? Uh, that, that's what it's all about. I think it's a great way to move into the commercial break, and we shall continue uh, with some of these uh, great insights in a few minutes. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. How do you feel about the future? Tune in each week for Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. You can be a great leader by learning from the inspiring stories of amazing visionaries who are shaping our future. Everyone deserves to create their own vision, and Kate and her guests will share the tools that you need to make it happen. Make a weekly visit to the Voice America Business Channel for Visionary Leader, Extraordinary Life, every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. Be inspired. Become inspiring. What does a visual workplace mean to you? How does it contribute to operational excellence? And what steps do you take to put it powerfully in place? Listen to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense to find out. Each week, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, shares tools and strategies to help you make the workplace speak at a glance without saying a word. Learn to work safer, faster, better, and at far less cost no matter what business you're in. Tune in to The Visual Workplace every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Each week, Jimmy Gould brings you the stories and the people that you want to hear about. Tune in to Our Current Life to hear about the journey to success, how our guests became the people they are today, and the highs and lows they experienced along the way. Each hour will leave you inspired and entertained as Jimmy gets up close and personal with every week's guest and shares ideas you can identify with and apply to your own life. A Current Life with Jimmy Gould airs Fridays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are tuned in to Be More, Achieve More with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to info at bemoreachievemore.com. That's info at bemoreachievemore.com. Now, back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper of bemoreachievemore.com and cc1consulting.com. And I'm with my guest at the moment, Matt 
Crab Dream. We're having a, a great conversation around business growth, and Mark was sharing with some of his practical ideas to grow uh, a business in any economy. And I, I just wanted to make a it was a reflection actually on something Matt said earlier when he was talking about rolling his sleeves up, about his life in the farming world, about putting a pair of wellies on and just getting out there. And I don't know if you found this, Matt, but one of the transitions between being a an employee, maybe a senior employee with lots of people around to do things for you. And we probably both, we both experienced that I'm sure in our careers. And then you go out into your own business and you want to keep on behaving like that. But the reality is you've absolutely got to roll your sleeves up. And you, you know, Chris, it's really interesting. You're right. Except for one thing, okay. at least in my view, yeah. my, my, my last but one corporate job, I thought I'd arrived. I'd become a board director. I thought, I have an office. I have staff. I don't need to do things anymore. I just direct traffic. <laughs> and um, when I left that job and went to my very last corporate job, I decided to get over myself a bit. And I decided to remember that getting my hands dirty was the right thing to do. And so I went right into the depth of the organization I was running, right to the front line, and every week I did things on the front line, relentlessly, re- religiously, all the time, front line, training, visiting customers, listening into calls, and I was 10 times more successful. The most successful business people I meet at any level are the ones who get their hands dirty. Just watch these shows, these back-to-the-floor shows. You know, they're all over the world now where bosses go back to the floor and make a discovery about their business, and it's like they've discovered alchemy. It was always happening in their business. They just got to get out of the oak panelled room and where the real work happens. It's not rocket science, but people forget it. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And I was thinking of those shows as well. But I was also thinking about things like when you go out into having your own business, you've got to you've got to buy printer cartridges, stationery. Uh, you've got to you've got to manage the infrastructure potentially yourself for a start. Whereas you had other people to do that for you. If your computer goes down, you've got to fix it. Or you sure? <laughs> It's true, except what's interesting is the real smart small business people go, who's running a small business that can do that for me? Mm, So within a year of running my business, all my IT was managed by somebody else, all of my admin was managed by somebody else, somebody else, somebody else, somebody else, and I just spend my time doing what I'm good at because I'm rubbish at admin. I'm not great with IT. But you know what? There's another little business who's brilliant at it. Yes, Yes, me too. Brilliant. So moving on then to... You had some uh, questions, I think, for people to ask themselves about getting to know their customer. So two sides, two sides of a coin with customers, right? One is the people, and the second is the businesses. Right? So let's just talk about the people first. Uh, and, and you said at the top of the show about the, the birthday thing. I have an obsession collecting the birthdays of people that I deal with. And every day, every morning, I have between five and ten uh, texts, SMSs I send out to people to say, hey, happy birthday. I don't do anything more fancy than that. Nothing, cards or gifts or chocolates or whatever it is, but I just send a text. Most people ignore it. Some people say thanks. Some people say, who are you? And you know what? The odd person over the last 10 years has texted me back and said, thanks for that, Matt. Can you give me a call? And they've done it enough times for me to want to keep doing it. At Christmas, we send things out to people that are a little bit different. Not, not, we send a little card and then a, and then a little thing that we put together. This year, we sent a 1,000 of these little chocolate things, I don't need to go into the details of it, but something a little bit different. When we work with clients and we do a particular piece of work, we typically send them a box of muffins after we've done the work. 
the muffins cost us, you know, 20 bucks, 25, 30 bucks, nothing. We send them to them just to say, thanks for using us. We send it on a date when they know they're having a meeting, and so they all get to share it and they all get to use the experience. I keep records of where customers went on holiday, what the names of their children are, all this kind of stuff. I sat down with a guy for lunch just a week ago. I hadn't seen him for two years. And I said, tell me, how's Isabel and Lucy? He said, how do you know the names of my twin daughters? I said, because when I saw you two years ago, you were telling me about them because I was in your office and we looked at their photo. And for 20 minutes, he talked about Isabel and Lucy, who are the most important things in his life. And I only knew that because I checked my diary, because I wrote it in my diary. I don't have an encyclopedic brain. It matters to me to remember that stuff. Briefly, the other side of the coin, the company. I just say, if you're dealing with companies, if you're buying and selling to, to other businesses, I say, tell me who your customers' top five customers are. Tell me who their top five suppliers are. Tell me who their top five competitors are. By the way, are you dealing with them? The company you and I met through, I now deal with as a customer. Because actually, they're really good at what they do. And they're really helping me with some insurance needs that I have. So they're really great. Do you find a way you can deal with them? If they're listed, do you buy some shares? Every listed company we have a customer, I own shares in. Not very many, I would point out, but I own some shares. Because then I get the annual report and I get to go to annual meetings if I really want to and I know stuff about them. How well do you really know your customers? Very smart. <clears throat> I, I, there's a hairdresser I used to go to, not an expensive hairdresser. It was just it happened when I got my car serviced or repaired, there was a hairdresser next to it. And he used to, every time I went in, it might have been six months uh, time sort of gap, I'd sit down and he'd say, how's Ruth? Um, how's uh, you, how, how's your uh, new son? Uh, he would have uh, information on their names at his fingertips. He must have gone away after every conversation, written them down in a little book or something, and then got them out. And and could you, you had to book a, a good sort of month or so in advance to get in, even you know, for a fairly modest priced haircut. Um, it's genius. It's it genius. is. It's genius. But unfortunately, you and I don't need to spend quite as long at the hairdressers as we used to. Uh, no, we don't. No. No. <laughs> no if, if the dog is far more expensive uh, for his haircut than than myself. <laughs> <laughs> far far more so the third point you made was do things your customers won't expect is is, is that some of what you've already mentioned it is it, it is but, but but also that those are those are kind of almost gratitude related things i mean in terms of what you deliver to your customer does your customer just get a little something extra it, it might just be the packaging I worked with a company a few years ago who on every invoice, they used to um, put, a, put a stick of gum on every invoice. Just, just a stick of, you know, spearmint or juicy fruit gum just went on every invoice. And people talked about it. It's a silly, tiny little thing. But it, but it can be something as significant as promising a delivery day and then hitting three days prior and ringing the client and saying, hey, listen, we're ready ahead of time. It's a bit like budgeting. If you decide you're going to deliver in 30 days, you probably will. <laughs> why, why does it have to be like that? Why don't you deliver in 20 days? You're just doing that little bit extra. I had to do some work for a client recently where they asked me to record some telephone calls. And, and so I recorded these calls, the information lines, and then I sent them the audio files. And actually, they'd asked me about audio files, and I'd said I thought it was very difficult. But I sent it to them anyway. I managed to get it done. A little bit of extra expense for me. They were delighted. Now they've rebooked me for four other things. 
What could you do tomorrow, Monday? What could you do for your clients that just made them go, wow, that's really great. That's really different. So I recently ran a, a team development event for a company and I, they were doing some outdoor activities as well as part of part of it. We were sort of in, in and out and they did some flying of birds and things like that. And I, so I took photographs of them and I sent them afterwards as a gift in, Love it. in a photo album. As, Love it. And you Love know, it. just something Perfect. a little bit unique as a Christmas present. And it's uh, tangible. The beauty with that idea, Chris, is it's tangible. It's a tangible thing that I'll remember. It's not the calendar that gets sent each year. It's for that client on that occasion with their information. Love it. Love it. So let's move on to, we've got a few minutes, three minutes, um, to less time on your proposition. Yeah, so this, is, this won't be popular with the marketing consultants that may be listening in. Um, but I think the building of value propositions is one of the quite most hilarious snake oil stories we've been sold over the last 20 or 30 years and the time I've watched clients wasting on crafting some bizarre one-size-fits-all proposition that is supposed to seduce clients of any nature um, is frankly laughable. Um, Your clients, everybody's clients today, buy from us for their very own reasons. And there's a wonderful example of this that, that most of your listeners will use. I know you use the service, Chris, which is Amazon. You check into Amazon right now, your Amazon homepage looks nothing like my Amazon homepage. Actually, it might look similar because you and I probably buy the same books, but mm-hmm. it will look completely different. It's tailored for me, yours is tailored for you. It's driving a proposition towards us that suits our buying behavior. And so the smartest businesses in the world are getting their head around the fact that different customers buy in different ways. Now, there are worlds of very clever people who do demographic assessment and who look at buyer behavior and look at the way certain groups of people behave. And it's all terribly interesting. But the truth is most people buy for their own individual reasons. And the greatest businesses worry less about producing a beautiful brochure or some sort of world-beating website and instead talk to their customers. Ask their customers questions. The kind of questions that are insightful. The kind of questions that make customers think a little and make the customer think, well, that's a very, you've made me think a little bit about my behavior and therefore I like you a little bit more. Maybe I want to deal with you again in the future. Excellent. We're going to go to a commercial break now, but afterwards we'll <coughs> continue with these, uh, these further um, elements of, uh, of Matt's principles. So we shall be back again with you in a, another minute or two. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. If you are looking for both an inside and insightful look at what you're not seeing in media coverage of today's legal, business, and policy battles, tune into In the Court of Public Opinion with host Jim Haggerty. What happens in the public arena affects us all. Whether you're following the latest high-profile court case, corporate crisis, or are just interested in government and policy, be sure to tune in every Tuesday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. The witnesses are ready and the jury seated. So join us for our next session in the Court of Public Opinion. How can we Americans realize our dreams to earn a living? 
How can you pursue your dream and make money as an owner or an employee? Learn how at The American Business Person, the online weekly radio talk show hosted by Rich Killian. Today's business leaders share how to succeed and what fails. If you own a new or established business or ever hope to, you must tune in. Join us every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Central, and noon Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Or listen on demand to our archived shows. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to Be More, Achieve More with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to info at bemoreachievemore.com. That's info at bemoreachievemore.com. Now, back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper with my guest um, today, Matt Crabtree. We're talking about business growth. And Matt shared with us some um, principles which uh, to think about when it comes to your business. He said uh, you should understand your formula, uh, really know your customer, uh, do things your customers just won't expect. Um, one he felt was maybe controversial with some because some people make a lot of money doing it and that's spend less time on your proposition, um, which I think is a really a good, interesting principle. But let's, um, let's talk about the, the other two, Matt, now. You talked about treating staff or partners like adults. Yeah, so if you're going to really get to know your customers really well, the other question I really enjoy asking people is how well do you know your staff? And I ask some of the same questions. So I ask, when's their birthday? When's the anniversary of when they joined you? Where did they last go on holiday? What are the names of their children, their pets? What do you really know about your staff? Uh, you know, if it, you compared it to your best friend, what's your knowledge like about them? And by the way, if you don't feel like getting close to your staff because you kind of don't like them, um, then maybe you don't have the right staff because <laughs> the reality is, they are other human beings helping you to build your business. Can you build a relationship with them which is not a subordinate relationship? The, the idea of levels in businesses is dying, and it's dying quickly. New people coming into the world of work today, you've probably had people on this show talking about this subject, think of the world of work in a very different way. And the idea that you've been there for 20 years and deserve respect, I'm afraid, has gone. You might not like that it's gone, but it has gone. Now you get respect because of the way you behave and the way you communicate with people. And that's as true with staff as it is with partners. Fantastic. So actually it's about doing that every day, I guess. Day in, day, day out. out. Yeah, every day. It's not sexy. It's not exciting. It's about relentlessly concentrating on the people that you have in your team and communicating to them like they are other human beings, not just resources. It's the most appalling thing to describe people as. I just wanted though that about that word staff. Um, staff feels a bit resource-like to me. Fair point. Very fair <laughs> point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, call them what you like. You know, many organisations, you know, talk about colleagues. You know, lots of retail organisations describe absolutely everybody as a colleague. I think it's, I think it's a splendid way to describe people. Absolutely great. Good, good point. Good call. Excellent. So uh, you're going to have colleagues from now on, maybe. <laughs> so, let's go for it. Let's go for it. I call them aardvarks. If you treat them with respect, I don't think it matters what you call them, to be honest. No, and don't do what my builder does and calls them, calls his monkeys. That's uh, Nice. Classy. Classy, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, the monkeys will do that. They'll get the chimps on that one. That's not uh, good. <laughs> Fortunately, they're, they've got a good sense of humour. I know he's pulling their leg. Um, so uh, the final one, I think you said, was about treating your reputation like gold dust. Yeah, so I mean, the first one, the last one is real simple. And the last one is just about the code with which you decide to live your life. You know, there are some miserable people around in the world. There are some people who just get wound up about things that are ridiculous. And I'd just be interested to, for you to think about, if you're listening to this show, for you to think about the impression you create with people. You might say, I don't care. Well, if you don't care, then you hold your business back. People like to do business with cheerful, optimistic, energetic, objective, pragmatic people. It's not hard. The world is relatively simple. Uh, but people get worked up about things. They get worked up about being stuck in traffic jams or being let down by suppliers or you know customers who don't quite do what they thought they should do. It just, business is simple. It's about treating people with respect, whether they're customers or, or colleagues, uh, and about building a reputation that's based on being a decent person. I love going to lunch or breakfast or dinner with people and watching how they treat waiters and waitresses. Uh, and do they have some common courtesy with people who are very kind enough to pick up and put down plates in front of you? And, you know, the people who don't say please and thank you and acknowledge those people, they're typically not the kind of people I want to do business with. What's your reputation? So so actually holding up a mirror at yourself, um, I, 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 you probably spend, I would imagine, time mentoring people. I, I do, often quite senior people, and, and they... And entrepreneurs, and they, you know, what I'm trying to get them to do often is just to put a mirror up and look at themselves and take an honest look at who they are right now and 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 their behaviour because sometimes they just lose sight, don't they? Of and we all can of of certain blind spots that we've actually got and think it's other people and not ourselves. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely right. I was. Uh, I often have this conversation with my wife because my wife's a G- general practitioner in a in a surgery, and you know, she has patients coming in who she may have had to sit down and exp- and just explain to somebody that maybe their their loved ones you know got a, only a few months left to live and then the next person comes in absolutely fuming that they've had to wait an extra 10 minutes in the waiting room and <laughs> you know, shocking isn't it shocking some people just really have to get a line do you know what i mean i do watch people on a day basis but perhaps not in in circumstances as significant as that but watch people on a daily basis and just really want to almost go up to them and say and shake them and just say do, do you realize you know we have a pretty damn good quality of living you have to wait for an extra 10 minutes to get a professional to give you some advice about something that probably isn't a big problem anyway come on anyway absolutely don't get well, me on my soapbox <laughs> well i'll say this on behalf of my wife if anybody's in that situation and you're feeling frustrated in a waiting room i just remember that maybe one day you might appreciate that extra 10 15 minutes of time from a, a gp or a doctor to help you through a problem you've got um so i just uh, i'll just share that on her behalf she'll maybe appreciate that for me <laughs> um so just we've got a, a, a three minutes left to close matt i'd just like to sort of ask you now do you have any sort of key messages that you'd really like to leave people with i mean i think at a great risk of repeating myself but as you go back to your businesses your teams whatever your activities are whatever's made you think of listening into this radio show i'd ask you the next time you're back in your business how could you get your hands a bit dirtier 
how could you go do something that takes you to a level in your business and takes you to a proximity to customers, staff to activities that's much closer than normal? How can you go get your hands dirtier in your business? The things you'll learn will absolutely blow your mind. Secondly, you get out in some better, in some different weather. When the weather looks gloomy, when, when it's a wet Wednesday afternoon and you don't feel much like picking up the phone or going and talking to a colleague or going and visiting a supplier, you just go do it anyway. You just go do it anyway. I was sitting on a plane very late last night. I make a habit of talking to people on airplanes, but if I'm honest, I had a very long two days. The person I was sitting next to, I didn't much feel like talking to, but I did. The weather wasn't great in my head, but I went and did it anyway, and I met somebody amazing who I've been in touch with since. Uh, and the last thing is, what are your boots like? Your boots need a little bit of care. Do you maybe even need a new pair of boots? Who do you know that could help you improve the quality of your boots? Because you see, to be success in business is like being a success in farming. You need a great pair of boots, but your boots wear out. The longer you're working, the more warm they become. You need people around you, friends, mentors, advisors, provocateurs, who make you think about the way you do your business, make you feel uncomfortable to get you to a place where your boots become able to endure success. You've asked about economy earlier, Chris, and let me be really blunt. One of the reasons some businesses are suffering in this economy is because they didn't do the hard yards when times were good. You've got to do the hard yards when times are good. Good times might be coming back. Do the hard yards so next time this happens, you're immune. Excellent. I think that's a wonderful way to leave the show today. Matt, I'd like to say a huge thank you. Really, really enjoyed uh, talking with you. And I think some of these principles are just so powerful for people. You're very welcome, Chris. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, best wishes to you and to all of your listeners. Thank you very much. And I'd just like to say the next week we'll be talking about getting into your flow with my guest, Michelle Clark. Uh, Michelle has an amazing CV. Uh, she's going to talk to us, as I say, about flow and something called talent dynamics that she's involved in. It's something I personally have gained huge value from, and I utilize that as a tool in my business and with my clients. And uh, I'll also, for the first time, probably make a, an offer because I'd love to get to know some of the listeners on the show and I'd like to make an offer to you next week to actually have the chance to do a little bit of work with me for very very low investment that I know will make a huge difference so do listen in to next week's show uh, thanks again Matt if you've got any comments on the show we'd love to hear them it, re it really is appreciated so do send them to me at either info at be more achieve more dot com uh, join me on my Facebook page at uh, facebook slash be more achieve more and please do keep those com comments flowing in. So thank you very much. Have a wonderful week and I should look forward to speaking to you again next week. We thank you for listening to Be More, Achieve More. Please join your host, Chris Cooper, again next Friday at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Enjoy your week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com.